Today, the title, though, is One Day at a Time, Surviving Stress. One Day at a Time, Surviving Stress. Anybody relate to that? Nobody here, but you might know somebody, or you can help them. Uh, I'm joking. Matthew 6, 34, and also Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Now, you remember that hit song? Some of you probably weren't born, but remember the song, Don't Worry, be happy. Remember that song? Don't worry, be happy, you know. And, uh, you know, that was a, such a big hit, but I remember, you know, but how? The song's not going to hold on for long, right? It might make us feel good for about a minute, but then how do we do that? Especially in today's world, we have never seen more anxiety. I mean, I've never seen more anxiety. The, the anxiety level is so high. And as I've talked to many people in our church, uh, and they've been worried about things, so I, many of you, so don't, don't feel like I'm picking on anybody here, but <clears throat> so many people are worried, and we have lots to worry about, right? A lot to worry about. COVID and all the effects, what it's done, the money, the famine. They're talking about famine now, and, and it's, it's clearly happening worldwide. Uh, you know, a lot of people battling cancer uh, in our church and different sicknesses. We see what's going on in our country and in the world. The anxiety level is very high. So I've been reminding everyone as they come to me and say, I'm worried about this X, Y, and Z. I've been reminding them and myself every time it reminds me, we need to take it one day at a time. Matthew 6.34 says, Jesus said, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. One day at a time. Take it one day at a time. You see, today's problems, what we're dealing with today, are very manageable by God's grace. Right? Give us today our daily bread. We can handle today by God's grace. But it's only what makes us anxious. Tomorrow and the day after that, and that we, we start adding on tomorrow's things, the load for that. And when we load that onto today, we're crushed. And I keep saying to people, listen, are you OK for today? You, money's a problem. Do you have enough money for today? Oh, yeah, I've got enough. You got enough food for today? Oh, yeah, enough food for today. Do you have ways to live? Oh, yeah, I'm fine for today. Okay, we're good. We're good. You know, don't add on tomorrow. You know, it's only when we put tomorrow on top of that. Let's just focus on today. And I find myself doing it all the time. I start to get anxious. I'm like, why am I anxious? Not for today. It's what I'm worried about something coming up. Right. And we Jesus says he gives us the grace for today. Not for forever. Today we have the grace. And then the next day we get the grace for that day. Give us today our daily bread. Didn't say our yearly bread or our, you know, you know, lifetime bread. No, no. It's our daily bread. That's what we we have to just focus on. And also, I'm going to say this. Don't focus on to, to don't worry about today either. Don't worry about tomorrow, but also we don't need to worry about today either. We don't have to because we're going to see the secret in God's word about not being anxious about today. It, 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 it's, first of all, it's dumb to worry. Did you know that? It's dumb to worry. 85% of what we worry about never happens. Never happens. And as I've shared that with some people, they said, see, it works. Right? It works. My worrying is working. It's not happening. No, no, no. That's not how, that, that's not how it goes. Uh, I, I get that every once in a while. It's also wrong. Did you know it's wrong to worry? It's a sin. What is the most common command in the Bible? Now, it's a command, which means we're, we don't have to do it. And we're not supposed to do it. The most common command is do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Seventy times in the Bible, it's the most common command. 
and which means there's probably a big problem for us, right? God knows we're going to keep needing to be reminded. But it also, God gives us the ability to not worry, not be stressed, not let, give in to stress, not be overly anxious. You know, when it hits us, we have a way with dealing with it. God gives us the answers we're going to see today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you for every person who's here or watching somewhere. We know that we're here for a reason. And Lord, I pray that you would help us. First of all, if anybody is here and has never put their faith in Jesus, today would be the day they put their faith in Jesus. But for all of us, Lord, that, that we will see from your word how to live without letting fear and anxiety and stress dominate our life. We know we're going to get hit with it, but not to let it dominate our life. I pray for that grace for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7, memorize this one. Memorize it, memorize it, memorize it. Do, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's it. We're going to unwrap this one. Okay, so first of all, we have the command. Do not be anxious about anything. It's a command. Don't be anxious. Now, I know some of you think, well, that's easy for Paul to say. He doesn't know what I'm going through. Right? Yeah, but remember, where was Paul writing this from? Prison. And he was chained to a Roman guard who probably didn't take many baths. He was chained to this Roman guard, and he was waiting to be beheaded. Right? And he's writing to people under intense persecution. Intense persecution. Remember, here's the connection. I gave you this assignment on the email, which I know you all read and probably looked, but you just couldn't find it. Okay, I get it. All right, all right. Philippians in, is in Acts 16. What happened to Paul in Acts 16? We were there just not too long ago. Remember they were, remember they were, he cast the demon out of the demon-possessed girl, and then what was the reward? They were severely beaten and put into prison and had their feet fastened in the stocks. Remember that? That, that was the result. And then they, they worshiped God and the prison doors were open. We, you gotta go back and listen to that one if you weren't here. But this is what happened to Paul in Philippi, and he's writing this letter to the Philippians who are in, in a, a very intense, to these people, he writes the command, do not be anxious. So the Holy Spirit leads him to write this very thing do not be anxious about anything <clears throat> anxiety can be defined as the inability to predict the future we can't predict the future and that makes us anxious that's what anxiety is okay and it, it's an inner feeling of dread an inner feeling of dread does anybody does this sound familiar to anybody here right <laughs> the whole the whole country has lived in in anxiety the last couple of years now, right? Uh, the one word I get from people as I talk to them all over the community is, I feel unsettled. I just feel unsettled, right? Isn't that what we're, what we're, you know, what we're, we're going through? All right? But we as Christians are not to let anxiety or worry or fear take over our lives. How? How can we stop it? How can we stop it when our life is crashing? How can we stop it when the world is caving in on us? How do we stop it? Well, he gives the cure. We have the command. He gives the cure in the second part. But in everything, let's, let's stay uh, with 4, 6, and 7. Back up to 6. Okay. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. 
In everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That is the cure. This is very different from the world's cure with anxiety. How does the world say to cure anxiety? Pills. Pills. Self-medication, right? Whether it's pills, whether it's pot, you know, you get, and so many people on medical marijuana smoking pot, you know, uh, drinking, you know, you, you name it. Uh, it you know, yoga, which is not... Christian, it's anti-Christian, yoga, uh, you know, buy something to feel better, you eat something to feel better, you, you fill in the blanks. We all have our ways of, of feeling better, but it's very short, right? Very short time feeling better, and the anxiety just comes in even harder, especially as we do self-destructive things. It's even worse after that. The Holy Spirit says, in everything, we'll come back to everything in a minute, in everything by prayer and petition, Present your request to God. The, the, there's two aspects of prayer here that come out in the Greek. The word for prayer emphasizes our approach to God. And the petition, the word in Greek, emphasizes asking God for specific needs. And you put them together and we're to approach God with specific needs. Got that? Worry producing these. If you have something that's producing anxiety in our life, we're to bring that to God and, 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 and bring that, these worry producing needs to God. We're to bring them to Him through prayer. And you, we have to understand that prayer and worry are direct opposites. You can't really do both, right? And the more that we pray, the less we worry. And the less that we pray, the more that we worry. Vice versa, right? It, they're direct opposites. But prayer is, is the key. But also, don't miss the second part of the cure. It's not just the bringing the, the worry-producing needs to God. But the second part of the cure is really important with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. This is, this is really, really important. Because what do we do? We focus on, God, help me, help me, help me, help me. But we forget the with thanksgiving part. And that is the key. Thanksgiving, the word here for thanksgiving, the word means an attitude of the heart. It's an attitude of the heart in prayer. And thanksgiving is a vital part of dealing with our anxiety. It's an important part of the cure. Why? When everything's going wrong... Right. When we're dealing with a lot, when we're suffering, you know, how are we supposed to be thankful or why should we have to be thankful at that time? Right. Why? Well, uh, the Bible makes it very clear. First of all, a couple couple reasons why and, and why it's so effective to be thankful. First of all, it reminds us of how blessed we are. When we pray with Thanksgiving, it reminds us how blessed we are. That's the key. Well, uh, you know, God, I'm, I'm praying, God, I'm really worried about my getting a car, get my car going or my new car or whatever. I'm praying about a car. By the way, thanks for the house. Thanks for the clothes. Thanks for the food. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you get the point. Well, I guess I don't need to worry, do I? Because you're taking care of all these things for me. Right. So that's one thing is it reminds us how blessed we are. Second, the reason we should thank God is because we know there's a purpose in our struggle. If God has put something into our life allowed us to face a trial in our life there's a purpose for it and james 1 2 to 4 says this it says consider it pure joy remember that sermon i did pj what's your pj or who is your pj you might be sitting next to them right now uh, consider it pure joy my brothers whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of our, your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We know there's a purpose. 
God is doing something in our life. But what do we focus on? The problem instead of God's purpose. We got to keep shifting. Uh, no, no, not the problem, the purpose. God, what are you trying to do in my life? That is vital to keep shifting to that. And we know there's a purpose. This trial's for our good. It's maturing and completing us. And if we keep that perspective, it changes everything. I remember hearing this story about a dad who, uh, who had two boys. And one boy was super optimistic and one boy was super pessimistic. And, and the one boy was optimistic. He just saw something good in everything. He just could not see anything bad. And, and he's like, I gotta try to help him, you know, see things a little more realistically, you know? But the, the pessimistic one, he said, but I gotta try to cheer him up somehow. So for Christmas, he came up with a plan. For the, he, for the pessimistic boy, he, he came down the stairs and, and there was a pony under the tree, a pony tied right there. And he got a pony for Christmas. And the pessimistic boy said, Oh, he says, what's the problem? A pony, right? He goes, now I'm going to have to feed it and clean up after it and take care of it. And he starts doing this, right? But the, he gave the other boy, the optimistic one, he gave him a big box to unwrap and he unwrapped it and it was full of pony manure. Just full of manure. That's all there was. And the boy said, oh boy. And he jumped in. He starts flanging it and digging in it. He goes, he goes, what? he failed twice. I failed with the pessimistic and I failed out the optimist. You know, I didn't teach him anything. He goes, what are you doing? Why are you so heavy? He goes, with all this pony manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> all right. That's not true, but it's a great story, isn't it? I tell lots of farm stories, but that wasn't one of my real farm stories. All right. But but the, the key is that kid had the thankful spirit. He was looking for what God was trying to do, even in the manure, you know, even in the, in the garbage. Right? There was a the purpose, and that's that we have to we have to keep remembering that God's doing something in our life. There's a purpose. The third thing is we we are thankful because we know God will answer us. He is going to come through for us. Whatever we're bringing to Him, He's gonna doesn't mean He's a gumball. We put in our gumball penny and pop out a gumball prayer that's not what i'm talking about he's going to answer his way for our best but we know he will answer we know god is going to come through for us somehow romans eight twenty eight. many times i hope you have this one memorized and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose we know god's going to work all things for the good, for our good, whatever it is, no matter what we've done, whatever mess, whatever, he's going to work it all for our good. We might be puzzled, right? We might be puzzled, but we know that like a puzzle, God is going to put it all together. He's going to take all the pieces and put it together into something beautiful, something good in our life. <clears throat> we might not know what will happen, but we know that it will be for our good, for our best. He's going to somehow work it out for our best. We don't know the what. We don't know the why. But we know the who. We know the who. We know the who. And we know that God loves us. We know that. We know that. And the final reason we should pray with thanksgiving, the final reason why it's so important for the cure, but why, what it does for us, we should pray with thanksgiving because of what God has already done for us. What has he already done for us? He has redeemed us 
He gave his only son to die for us. He saved us. If you put your faith in Jesus, you have been saved from sin. You have been saved from judgment. You've been saved from God's wrath. You've been saved from the garbage on this earth. You've been saved from shame. You've been washed clean. You, you, we've, we've been, we've been, we have salvation. He's already done the ultimate good for us. He has saved us. I had a friend who years ago, <clears throat> his mother was having headaches. She goes to the, the doctor. They found she had an aneurysm. And it was about, they had a long-term aneurysm. She they finally figured it out, and, and she was going to die. They rushed her to the Mayo Clinic. There was a doctor there. His name was Dr. Sump, and he had an, a new invention for dealing with the type of aneurysm that she had. He, he had this, 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 this invention. He could lift the brain, and he could pump out the blood, and he, he had this crazy thing he had did. It was a modern-day miracle. He saved her life. She was good as dead. He saves her life. Uh, it was very intricate brain surgery. I remember him telling me the whole story. And then after the surgery, after she was okay, he, he wanted to meet with the doctor and find out what happened. And the doctor was super busy, right? Super busy, had no time. He had to wait a long time in the waiting room. Finally comes in, gave him to pull out a piece of paper. I did boom, 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 boom. This is what he did, you know? And he said, okay, I'll see you. Took off. Two minutes. Had no time because he's so busy, right? Saving lives. And, and, uh, he's gone. And, he, and I remember my friend told his mother in the hospital what happened with the doctor. And she says, oh, I just wish I could talk to him. I wish he wasn't so busy. I wish I could just talk him, tell him I'd like to thank him. I just wish I could spend 10 minutes with him and just to thank him. I mean, he saved my life. Get the point? God has saved us eternally. And we can talk to him anytime. And that's why we should pray with thanks. Whenever we pray, it should be thanks there. And, and why we should pray with thanks in everything. Back to uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Uh, 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 Philippians 4, 6, and 7, uh, where it says, But in everything, by prayer and petition. We should do this for everything. Philippians 4, 4, just a little before this, says, Rejoice, like most of you know this song, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice, always. That means no matter what we're going through, we're to rejoice. In everything, give thanks. This is crazy, right? But, but that no matter what is happening, no matter what happens, we can do that because of the thanksgiving, because we know he saved us, because no matter what is happening, what happens, we know where we're going. We know where we're going to be forever. And if we keep this perspective that God is doing, growing us for eternity, he's changing us, he's working on us, right? Instead of fighting him, we've got to figure out what he's trying to do. If we keep that perspective, but also that, that if we keep the perspective that we know where we're going to end up, he's changing us, getting us ready for heaven, that changes everything. I remember reading a story uh, in my church history year, many years ago about a, a mid, it was mid, Middle Ages and there was a father. And it was a, a true story. It was a wild story, but I never forgot it. It was such a powerful story. This dad lost his young son who died. And they were burying him. And during that burial time, he, he had such a, just a, a real peace, just a crazy peace. And one of his friends said to him, how can you have peace? Your son just died. What, what, what is going on with you? And he said, the dad said, he is where I always hoped he would be. And where I hope to be someday. How can I 
lose my faith. How can I be crushed? This is where I wanted him. And it's where I want to be too. If we keep that perspective, if we keep that perspective, do we have that perspective? Do we have that hope? That's the whole point of our faith, becoming like Jesus here, right? Becoming like Jesus here and being with Jesus there. The whole point, being like Jesus here and being with Jesus there. And what did Jesus go through here? Suffering. Persecution. Suffering. That's what he went through. But we're, we're to be like Jesus here and, and, and being with him there. If we keep that perspective, it changes everything. With COVID, the last couple years with COVID, I, I have dealt with so much fear. People have so, and so much fear. Don't feel convicted because I've talked to most of you about this. But, uh, but you know, I'm not picking on anybody here. <clears throat> but so many have been like just so fearful and, and, and afraid and, and letting it change their life and let it change their outlook. And, and I've said to so many people this last couple of years, what's the worst that could happen? And what do they always say? Dying. I said, aren't you a Christian? Uh, I've got a lot of you, didn't I? All right, so you're not the only one. You all can all, don't raise your hand, but you all look around. You know who you are. All right, all right, most of us, I've said it too, right? Aren't you a Christian? That's not the worst that can happen. That's the best that can happen. If we really believe in Jesus, we really believe we're going to heaven, dying is the best that we can happen. So we don't have to live in fear. We don't got to be afraid. You know, we don't got to take everything they throw at us and every medicine, no matter how unethical or immoral it is. We don't have to do any of that stuff. We don't have to fall for those lies. We don't have to drink the Kool-Aid. And they're going to try to get us to keep on drinking it, aren't they? Are you following it? Now, it's just a start. Very soon it's going to be a 666. It's all headed that way, right? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live in fear. We can feel a little bit of fear, but we've got to work through it because we we have to live by faith. It's the best that can happen is we're with Jesus, right? And if you don't have that faith and you don't have that hope, then I'm going to pray with you, pray at the end and and talk to you about how to do that. Hang on, hang on, okay? Which brings us to the climax. The command, don't worry. The cure, pray. And now we come to the climax, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. That is the promise. The peace of God. This is supernatural. Supernatural. It's an, the, the word means an inner tranquility no matter what is going on in our life. We're, we're, that's what we're, that's the result of, of, of following God's command and, and, and taking the care is, is we're going to have, we have this promise. Inner tranquility to, no matter what we're facing. What has the book of Acts been about? What have we been focusing on? Victory no matter what we're facing in life by our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. See the connection? No matter what, we can have this through the Holy Spirit's power. And it says here, it transcends all understanding. The world cannot understand it. If you're not a Christian yet, you've never put your faith in Christ, you've never taken that step, I hope you do it today, but if you've never done that, this stuff makes no sense. You can't understand it until you put your faith in Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes inside, and then it makes sense. But it's something, it transcends all understanding. The world cannot understand how we can have peace, no matter what. 
no matter what. I, I remember uh, years ago, I was a youth pastor at a church, and one of the guys in the church, he, he died of cancer. And a good friend, really good guy, but he died of cancer. And his wife, I remember being at the, the funeral, and she just had peace. She had an amazing peace. And, and she was sad. Well, the whole cancer time, she's grieving and sad and stuff. But when, it, when he finally was taken to heaven, she had a real peace had a real peace. I remember at the, the, the funeral, someone came up to her. One of her friends came up to her and said, oh, it wasn't a Christian, a lot of non-Christians there. And one of them came up to her and said, we're, we're just really concerned about you. You're not handling this well. Because <laughs> they thought she should be a puddle on the floor and not be able to function and, you know, angry and screaming and, you know, smoking pot. And, you know, I keep coming back to that. It's unbelievable. But anyway, you know, being medicated by somebody, you know, that's what they that's what they thought. They couldn't understand. It was they couldn't understand. They thought that she wasn't handling it well. What she was handling it great. She had God's peace, the peace that passes all understanding. It will guard our hearts. Go back to verse uh, 7 there. We'll guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Guess what? That word for guard is a military word. <laughs> Why would Paul use that, right? Uh, it, 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 it means to protect. The word means like a soldier assigned to guard a person or place. God assigns Jesus to protect us. He's our spiritual bodyguard. Remember when you were a kid? I, when I was a kid, I always wanted to have a, a bodyguard, you know. And I, I, I remember I wanted Superman, you know, because if I had Superman, those, you know, those bullies, they couldn't pick on me. I'd have Superman, you know. And, or I know some of you are Batman fans. But anyway, uh, Superman. Or, <clears throat> or if uh, at night I'm scared. He could look under the bed for me, right? You know, the monsters, Superman could do it, right? He didn't even need to look under that x-ray vision. He could just see under the bed, right? And so, but but could you, I always wish I could have Superman. But listen, if we have put our faith in Jesus and we're, we're, we're trusting him and going to him and giving him our struggles, he is our spiritual bodyguard. That's why we can have peace no matter what. No matter what. Book of Acts, once again, living in victory no matter what. By our faith in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, we've been focusing on that. Do you have that peace? Do you have that peace? You can have it today. You can have it today. You can. This makes no sense until you put your faith in Jesus Christ. You can have that today. We're going to pray just a minute. By putting your faith in Jesus Christ, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Have you ever believed in Jesus? That doesn't mean know something. It means to put your faith. The word is faith. Putting your faith in him. Have you ever given your life to Jesus Christ? Put your faith in him. Trusted in him. The moment you do that, you can have, you'll have made peace with God and you'll have peace that passes all understanding. And as Christians, maybe you've already done it, but are we living in that peace? Are we daily working from fear to faith? Because let's face it, you wake up and we feel anxious a lot of times, right? We're fearful. We're stressed. There's a lot going on. You want to talk about a lot going on? 
talk to Kim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had the wedding, and then the next day the baptism, and then Monday she took Becca to Temple and got her moved in, and Tuesday she drove to Virginia to drop Chicky off and get her moved into Liberty, right? And then Michael got engaged on Friday, and, and yeah, yeah, you talk about, but that, oh no, and in between she got one, the kids all wanted to move the bedrooms, all the upstairs bedrooms. They have four, five bedrooms. But she he had to move all the kids around. It was nuts. She was like, <laughs> yeah. But we have stress, right? We have stress. We all have stress. But every day we have to work from that fear to faith. We start to pray. We start to surrender. We start to give it to God. And we work through, through, our fear, through prayer. We, 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 God wants to carry our load. Will we let him? Will we really surrender? But, but it's like we all have this big rock. You feel like that? We have this big rock on our back. And we're bent over. and We're walking all bent over. And, and Jesus is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Give it to me. And you'll have the peace that passes understanding. And but he's asking, and then we do that. You know, you ever, you ever do? We we hand it to them, and then we walk away like still bent over, right? Don't we? We're still angry. Well, that means we haven't really given it over, right? We have to really give it over. God takes it, and we have to focus on Philippians four, six, and seven. Memorize it. Memorize this verse, and and then I want to encourage you to take a rock. At home, this is your take-home assignment. I know you didn't do your homework pre pre and homework digging. I'm going to give you some. This is an easy one. Find a rock, all right, and put it somewhere to remind you to give up your burdens, to give them to Jesus, to work from fear and stress, and anxiety through faith to freedom. To, to do that every day, it's a reminder. And I have a rock that I brought here. This rock is from Death Valley. Death Valley. Mark uh, and Sarah, who just got married last week, uh, Mark, uh, Mark brought this to me from Death Valley. I have a certificate to prove it in case anybody doesn't believe it. He brought me a certificate. He was in Death Valley National Park on July 18th at 11.59 p.m. What were you doing there? Anyway, uh, looking for a gas station probably, right? So, but this rock, he brings me this rock. You know, I've given him Sarah, our sunshine, and he gives me a rock, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Charlie Brown, I got a rock. Right? You know, Halloween, right? She got a rock, too. She got a rock, too, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but he knows I love rocks. I, if you go to my office, there's stones and rocks everywhere. I got one from the temple. Probably Jesus kicked it on the way through the temple. I got, I got stones everywhere, rocks from everywhere, fossils everywhere. Okay, most of you know that. All right, so, uh, but I, li- I, this, I like this rock a lot uh, because it's a good reminder about Death Valley. We don't have to, put your rock out, and remember, we don't have to stay in our dry valley. We don't have to stay there. We can give that heavy rock to Jesus. And we're not in that dry valley anymore. And, and as, as Christians, if we put our faith in Jesus, then death valley is no longer our destination. We now know that we're going to have life in heaven. Remember that with a rock. Give it to Jesus and remember where we're going. Thank God because we're not going to death valley. We're going to heaven. We have life with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. How is the Holy Spirit speaking to us through his word? 
Maybe here today and you've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never acted on John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You can put your faith in Jesus right now. doesn't take a special act. doesn't take a special prayer. It's your heart. God, I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the garbage anymore. I don't want the shame anymore. I want Jesus. I want the forgiveness he's offered me by dying on that cross in my place. I want Jesus. I want a new life with Jesus. Just like he rose from the dead with resurrection power, I want that new life. I put my faith in him. I give my life to Jesus. If you have believed and received Jesus, then something crazy has happened. You might not even fully understand what just happened, but you will. The Holy Spirit is in you. You are going to have, you've made peace with God and now you will have a, a peace that passes all understanding. No matter what you face in life, you have the ability to have that peace by coming to God the Father through His Son, Jesus. You have a brand new life now that goes on forever. And if you've taken that step of faith this morning, I want to encourage you to let Somebody know. Maybe you're here with a family member or a friend. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the cards. Stick it in the box. Text, call me. Let somebody know today. Because we're going to be excited for you and, and help you grow in your faith. Tell somebody today. Your life will never be the same. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ... Are we letting the Holy Spirit's power give us that peace? One day at a time. God, give me the grace for today. Give me the grace for the trial that is in front of me right now. Thank you for this. (laughs) And give me the grace. To see your purpose. To grow through this. To be more like Jesus. Father, I pray that you would change our perspective and change our lives in the process. Pray this in Jesus' name.